Hello and welcome to Arrest All Mimics. My name is Ben Tallon. This is the Creative Innovation Podcast. How are you doing? You well? Thank you for listening. Cheers for tuning in. What have you been up to? Have you been creating some nice stuff? I hope so. The weather this week is shiny and indulgent. Yep, we've got Foilco coming on board for this special episode on foil. Yep, we're not talking about the stuff in your kitchen drawer, we're talking about the nice stuff on your magazine mastheads, your wine bottles, your... uh, Football, holographic cards, we'll go there. That's what I used to love about foil when I was a kid. Um, but we've got Matt Hornby coming up from Foilco to take us inside that beautiful, sexy, indulgent world that we all need as designers. And they're going to tell us why they need us and the graphic design industry. So it's a fascinating episode. We'll get into it shortly. But first, I'm going to say a quick thank you to the sponsors who keep this podcast free for you guys illustrationweb.com fantastic illustration animation um, and artwork agency representing global artists from lettering specialists to mural artists to fashion illustrators to gift makers they've got it all going on these guys have been going a long time they're great supporters of this show been here from the beginning founding sponsor and of the creative industries so they're doing awesome work with the likes of society of artists agents the association of illustrators fellow sponsor um they're wonderful go and have a look and go check out their great news section taking you behind the curtain from all their best projects illustrationweb.com heartinternet.co.uk my tech and digital sponsor great guys also doing wonderful work came on board pretty early to support this show and have been doing a wonderful job ever since um and they're not afraid to dip there or in the creative industry also uh so i give a little tip from these guys who provide wonderful seo advice social media advice domain names hosting uh, all the good web stuff that you need to get yourself seen in the right places on google and all the other search engines um, so this episode's tip, I'm going to use my guest as ever, which is Foilcode this week. Uh, and you don't have to go much further than Foilcode's social media. Take a look at their blend of beautiful physical printed work, digital promo and great live face-to-face events. These guys have got great relationships with their clients. They're going to tell us why the graphic design industry is so important and why they like to give the personal experience with their clients and prospective clients and and. Not in an insulting way, but hold people's hand to take them through a process which can seem quite daunting. I mean, who knows how the foiling happens? I didn't. I don't think you do. Um, Maybe you do. Maybe you're a geek. But if you use it a lot, you probably do. But not many people do. So they're going to talk about all that stuff in the episode today. But my point being, they use a fantastic balance of the tactile, digital, and face-to-face out there talking to people on the ground, doing it well. So... They're a great example. Go and have a look at their social channels uh, at Foilco on the social, on Instagram, on Twitter. They've got a great presence and they do it well and they're good guys. Um, the Association of Illustrators supporting this show also. They're a fantastic kind of trade union style illustration organisation. They do events, they give business advice, they give contractual advice. Uh, the membership is well worth doing. I'm a member myself and you get discounted rates on the on the, you know, on the World Illustration Awards. All the stuff that they do. They're also doing an increasing amount of UK events the likes of PIP um, in Bristol. They've got stuff going on all around. There's been a good few northern events recently. They're looking to get outside of London. Obviously keeping the love for London, but just getting a little bit out and getting into the north and the rest of it. So go and check them out, theaoi.com. 
And uh, happy to announce that this episode's guest, Filecoat, are coming on board for a little run of sponsorship. So that we're, we're big fans of what each other do. We've got a mutual love of our crafts. Um, and they've been supporters of the show for a while, giving out flyers at their multiplicity events, uh, doing just really great work. So we sat down and had a chat, and they've come on board to support this show. So I thought, well, what better way to introduce that than speaking to the guy themselves and chatting to Matt from Filecoat and, uh, and, and giving insight into how they work and the rest of it. Uh, so very proud to have them on board as a new supporter of the show. You should, really should go and check them out. They've we've worked together with Studio DBD, Dave Sedgwick, as we will talk about on this episode for their multiplicity event in Bristol. I painted some inky unicorn horns, and it was the first time I've seen my work foiled, and I wanted to know more. So that's why I went over to the HQ in Warrington to talk about the the work for this show, and it all just came about from a conversation. We like what each other do, so here they are supporting this show for the foreseeable. So go and check them out, foilcode.co.uk. See all the great stuff they do on their website, and here on this episode, exactly what's going on. So just to give you the official rundown, foil Foilcore has been servicing the graphics industry for over 30 years, offering the largest range of hot stamping foils in all sectors. With a wealth of expertise on all types of applications, our huge range of grades offer immediate solutions. Our company is built around service to the customer. We have the ability to match to Pantones in gloss and matte pigments, as well as metallic colours. We work with customers around concepts and themes to manufacture pattern foils and foils to match and complement their product and design. Foils can be manufactured with repeat logos, graphics, colour shifts and configuration. So there you have it. So thank you. Uh, let's get on to the episode today. So why did I want to talk about foil? Well, I mean, it's been around as long as I can remember. I used to pick up the likes of FHM and GQ when I was a teenager. I think I bought into the <laughs> bought into what a man was supposed to look like, bought into the dream. Um, I loved reading those magazines. They were great fun. But there was always those special editions where you had the beautiful foiled kind of hardcover or, you know, the, the cardboard packaging, which was done up all sexy. Um, and then it was on football cards, the, the holographic kind of foiling on there. And then you get a bit older and it's on your book covers, it's on novels, and then you start getting pissed. And it's on whiskey bottles and whiskey packaging. And it's there, it's all around us all the time and it really does draw us to products. It's this beautiful tactile thing that we can look at. You see the shine, it's got you know, it's debossed, embossed, all the good stuff. All the different grades that we're going to talk about on today's episode. But who really knows about this stuff? Because I didn't know anything at all, if I'm honest. And then all of a sudden I moved back to Manchester and started getting involved in the creative community there. Get a studio M1 in the city centre and these guys are putting on these events called Multiplicity all around the UK. Uh, and I share a studio in the same place as oh, well, a few good creatives. Dan, Stan Chow, Dave Sedgwick from Studio DVD, Laura Bost from LJB Studio. And a number of these people are using Filecore's files. And I got to see up close and personal when Laura from LJB Studio is geeking out over these deliveries of, uh, of this foiled work she's done for programmes for the likes of Petch Kutcher and, and collaborating with Foilco. So they got brought to my attention and then it's great to see them out there championing design events, working closely with creators and very passionately so. So like I said, I had a number of good conversations with them and I wanted to find out and I thought what a great episode that would make to really get us inside the world of what goes on. So that's exactly what we're going to do today with Matt Hornby. We're going to talk about the upside of the recession, something not often touched upon, but why it left a lot of people with no chance through redundancies, but to go out and pursue those dreams that maybe they'd put on the back burner because they were earning well and they got into the comfort zone. Um, all they just had families to support and the rest of it. But just from personal experience, I found out the hard way that when your legs get cut from underneath you in terms of employment, sometimes you have to just swim or sink. 
we'll go the other way around. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the sheer range of files, of grades, of what it all means and why it's not so intimidating and why it's quite actually quite straightforward to use when you work with these guys who care about that one-to-one -one experience with their designers. We're going to talk about their events multiplicity and why they do that. Uh, we're going to talk about why they're passionate about the design industry and why it's crucial to their business. So we're going to get into all of it. Um, do us a favour, if you get a chance, drop us a little review, please, on the iTunes for the podcast. It does help a hell of a lot. Uh, and I know there's a lot of regular listeners out there now, so please do take the time and go and drop us a little review if you like what I'm up to with this podcast. Um, get us your thoughts on the social at Arrests or Mimics. Keep spreading the word. Get us some guest suggestions over, please. I love hearing from you all, and the interaction's gone up a lot recently along with the numbers, and it's really, really exciting, and, uh, and I really love doing this stuff, even though I've got a busy full-time illustration schedule. Um, because I'm passionate about creativity and there's so many talented people out there doing it well and it's nice to hear their stories and the more people I talk to the broader painting of what creativity is and how it works from person to person uh, and in a broader scale is just truly inspiring and fascinating and I love that so thank you for listening do get in touch and drop us that little review so I've banged on enough um, without further ado let's get to it I meet Matt Hornby from Foilco in their wonderful uh, massive HQ in Warrington he gave me the tour and then we sat down to have this chat so cheers for listening and enjoy so what, what's the origins of what, where did Foilco so my dad was uh, comes from sort of packaging and, and plastics background uh, in the 80s I suppose and then they the company they end up working for a company that's now defunct who were selling uh, stamping foils uh, sort of like early 80s and then they, 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 the company got bought and they shut the operation they were going to move up to Washington and me and my brother were in school by then here in Manchester and, and then my dad said oh, I, don't want, I don't want to move up uh, move, move the lads up there so um, he decided to set up on his own so a hell of a risk really I remember the early days the bailiffs coming around a couple of times really? and stuff like that so um, I am Silver Spoon but uh, <laughs> as I said it picture Cooch thing but um but my, you know, my dad certainly isn't, you know, he's a working class guy from from Lytham and he's done it all for back. So I'm really proud of that. But so we set so we set up there. He went over to to Germany, got some investment from a German foil manufacturer, the original original foil uh, manufacturing company when they sort of invented stamping foils from gold leaf in the 1800s mm. by putting an adhesive coating on it to make it into a stamping foil. So we got investment for them. Then he got then he got a few weeks later went on a plane to New Jersey, got in bed with. Um, went to this company called Crown Roll Leaf who we're still aligned with now and said to them listen I want to sell you products in, in the UK and I'll represent you so we came back and we just started off doing doing that um, and so yes yeah, so that was 31 years ago and what, what we started to do during the late 80s was was um, my brother joined early 90s I think after my dad had set it up uh, my dad had a business part and then me and my brother bought him out what 10, 10 years ago uh, so it's just a family business now, the three of us running mm. it. But um, yeah, my dad started bringing in sort of um, the other types of foils, speaking to some Japanese manufacturers, really interesting products, and started bringing them into our portfolio and making it much more diverse. Yeah, uh, wood grain foils and weird brushed effects and all this kind of stuff. Really interesting stuff that again, a lot of graphic designers never get to see. You know. Yeah. So um, yeah, this huge range of portfolio of products, and we were really, really reliant on picture frame market and making foils that look like antique picture frames that you see in Italy that are all aged and cracked oh, and acid yeah. etched and stuff like that just walked through through time they're all cracked and so we replicated that in stamping foil for quite a long time and that basically paid to build this building basically because we did so well out of it yeah. um, and then we've always been pretty reliant on the greeting card industry 
but again, that's died. The Chinese took that from us, and Is that right? uh, yeah, it's just kind of greed, really, I suppose, from all of them that they end up moving it to, like a lot of companies do, to move the operation to, to the Far East for labour costs, and then it just killed Yorkshire. I mean, Yorkshire was just this thriving metropolis of greeting card houses, you know, yeah. and you could, uh, you know, do some really good business there. But it was all commodity products back then, mm. uh, and that industry is. It's not on its knees, but it's just it's a shadow of what it was. You know, it was really vibrant yeah. and stuff like Which that. Which is, I guess, I don't know. Maybe that answers some questions as to why there's quite a strong independent. Uh, you know, plus shops like Magma now, and, and I guess Paper Chase, who do bespoke artists. Yeah, people just went on their own. You know, people. If you talk about, uh, I always said this to people about about the the recession. It was bad for us all, and we lost a lot of money during the recession. But in actual fact, what it did do was people getting made redundant, who'd always had a dream of. I don't know, making artisan chocolates or making their own bloody gin in the bathtub or whatever. Mm-hmm. We'd just start up on their own and say, sod it, right, I'm going to do it now. I've got the confidence yeah. to do it now. I've got no other choice now. I'm going to do it. Rather than just yeah. that burning ambition that you just kind of shelve all your life and then you stare yeah. at yourself in the mirror when you retire and said, shit, I could have been somebody. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah, the, the one thing about adversity is sometimes it forces you to respond in another way because you've got no choice. Yeah, so absolutely. That, that or you end up down Tesco's or whatever. And I'm not saying that's a bad gig, but if you've got a sort of brain like me that needs variation, then it, that can be quite destructive. Yeah. So it's great, all these brands, all these kind of star brands, people like, you know, uh, there's a few brands there behind him, different bottles and stuff like that. But these brands were contacting and saying, listen, I, I, I'm the star brand. I've only made, I'm making artisan chocolates. I've always wanted to be a chocolatier. I need yeah. to put some nice packaging on it. And I need to differentiate between all these other brands. And that's what we do. We give them like, so it's not gold and silver. It's a different type of color foil or different type of effect. And, and I think also when those artisan or small startups start, they tend to get treated quite badly by printers because they're saying, oh, I only want 100 cartons or I only want to see what this label looks like. Yeah. And no one's facilitating them for that and they don't have the, the budget to go and make loads of cartons. Yeah. So we were actually found ourselves being contacted more often and the way we respond to people is say, love it, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll help you out as much as we can. Yeah. Like my dad's the highest paid person in the building. He, some guy comes into a startup four or five hours later you know, he'd come out of the place and this guy, will be, you see him going off in his car. Me and my brother sat there saying, Dad, what have you just been doing? They said, oh, I just helped with this startup company. We're just, you know, doing this, helped them, educate them about how to use foil. They give me 15 quid and they'll pull out this 15 quid, put a fiver on my desk, fiver on Paul's desk, say, there you go, boys, you've made some money. Is that right? Honestly, that's fantastic. Happens quite often, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. But I mean, that's the enthusiasm that he's pushed onto me and Paul and we yeah. just give all these, give these people that are quite potentially small actually not profitable but it's interesting because you because you get their story their life story it's not this kind of big corporate end where it's all the age of the buyer it's someone that's real it's got a real story but also they'll remember that and obviously you can't spend your week doing that you won't make any money but they'll remember that 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 and who knows what they're going to do as well exactly and then they'll probably never leave you as a little customer because of that you know well even going to speak in small studios like you know that we do now you speak to one guy who's just a you know uh, just works on his own but he's then speaks to the design community. It's quite, you know, uh, quite very, a close, close, close network. Time, yeah. So it's yeah. yeah. So people are kind of talking to each other. So oh, have, have you seen these all these products that we do? And it just organically grows like that. Yeah. yeah. Do you feel like since that then the recession? Do you feel like you're less reliant upon one sector now? Are you mm. are you aware of the dangers of that kind of downturn? Yeah, I think I think the recession will actually make us has made us probably more recession proof in yeah. a way for the next time. And it's, it comes around. It's cyclical, so we know it's going to happen again. Um, it's funny, you know, when the recessions, what they do sometimes is they'll say, Jesus Christ, we've got to save some money on the packaging, on the big jobs like the Tesco's and all the supermarkets and brands. How do we save money? I know what we'll do is we'll take the last thing that went on on it, take that off. And that's foil. Take the foil off. The sales start dipping. 
So what, then I go, shit, the sails are going down, what are we going to do? Put yeah. some foil on it, pimp it up, put yeah. the foil on it. It's this tie that we kind of go through, <laughs> through, through these things. But I think with these startup brands, I think because there's much more, lots spinning lots of tiny plates, aren't we, here at Foil Co. So these, these startup brands, they, they tend to be much more recession-proof because yeah. I think it's proven, if you want to be capitalist about it, um, during recessions, wine and chocolate and stuff like that, treat items to make yourself feel good in your, you know, your working hours are shit, but you know, you've got to try and sort of pull some pleasure yeah. back out of life that people do that. They'll, they'll, they'll tr- still have these little treats and that's kind of where we're in. We're in that sort of luxury or more bespoke yeah. end f- for products. But actually the, the irony there is that yeah, it might be this lovely finish that can be deemed unnecessary in, in troubled times, but actually my god it makes a difference it's like, what makes you pick that item up of course it is it's you know? I, I, I know I'm biased as a, as a visual communicator I'm a sucker for things like yeah. that as I guess we all are in this we're industry. all turned on by print aren't we you know, so. but it's not it doesn't it's got to be the visual of course it doesn't I mean yeah. look at the I, I think of my first experiences with and it might not even be foil I think it is but the footy cards the special the, the, yeah. the badge ones with yeah the, yeah with the holographics oh, sit there yeah, 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 the window and then, yeah. and then it became seeing Kevin Keegan's hair in holographic <laughs> you know just tilting yeah. in the light it's amazing yeah yeah and then it, and then it was and then I think of the lads mags for me personally like FHM or you get your your, your fifty sexiest or whatever it is yeah and yeah yeah and they always put foil on it got like a lovely orange finish or something yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and actually I think I've seen GQ on one of your one of your shelves yeah is that a yeah client, is that a client of yours yeah yeah so they they use quite a lot of foil like a lot of the sort of uh, travel magazines Condé Nast use a lot of foil now Glamour and all these kind of food ones we get a lot of food ones Jamie Oliver uses a lot on his on his. Uh, Covers. They specify in our foils, but that's quite quite an interesting market. That, yeah. uh, but again, it's that shelf presence. How do you give yourself shelf presence when you've got like a sea of all products that are fundamentally to the layman all the same, but there's something different about them. So you need to make sure that the, it looks distinct yeah. uh, and, a, and a standalone product. You know, yeah. and I think that's what what foil does, and that's a fascinating thing about it. Well, yeah, yeah. and and also it's that it's that labour of love aspect, and I think it's quite important. That you said the relationship with designers, that storytelling, and, and for me, and I said this to Jane G. Smith, same thing. When I moved back to Manchester and I moved into M1 Studios, and it was through knowing Stan Chow and Laura Bus that, yeah, that cool. I got that link up and managed to get space there. And Laura, in particular, was a total geek for all paper and print, and I'd go in there and she'd have it all laid <laughs> yeah, out, and she'd yeah. get a new delivery, and she'd be literally whooping with glee. And it's like, and, I, and, I, and me seeing that, but hearing the stories from her about. Her selecting that colour, the finish, the working with the printers and the foils. I wanted in and I wanted, and I loved that integrity that passion and that love and of it. Yeah, yeah. And it seems like you guys have got, um, you, it seems like you value that by having that one to one relationship with a lot of people. Would that be true? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, when you go and see printers, they're, they're kind of, it's just a commodity product that's just putting these sheets through. When I go and see some printers that, to my customers who are doing the foiling, you'll go and see, you'll go into the end of the machine and go say, wow, what's that? That's absolutely amazing and they're like oh yeah we did that a few weeks so I was like can, can I have one just yeah. a, a sheet to keep yeah but you've got, but they don't see it that way but whereas it, when you go and speak to designers they want to see the grain of the paper they want to see the embossing and they want to see you yeah. know they want to hold it and tilt you know when we did one of the multiplicity things Dave actually uh, used the, the, the initials T-I-L-T you know, that got corrupted by a few people and got made into, you know, amalgamation. But uh, I, did, I did pull him on that. But um, but actually, fact, he used the word tilt, and that's what people do when it's got foil on it. They pick it up and they're turning it, like you said about the football cards, Absolutely. just to see it because you're engaged with the product, then, aren't you? Yeah. And I think if you're not engaged with it, then it's all a bit, yeah, a bit stale and a bit boring. Well, and of course, it, yeah, because yeah. it's just an, it becomes another process, if not. But the, that that integrity and that um, it's love of the craft is what. I don't want to say what sells it because that cheapens it, but that's what makes people love it and and, make, and makes it worth 
something that you invest in as a designer or production, you know? Yeah, the, the, the production that they put now into packaging uh, and into, you know, not necessarily labels, but packaging, sometimes, a lot of the time now on, on some products, the packaging is actually worth more than the product that you're actually buying that's inside the box. Or, yeah. yeah, yeah. And that just shows you, you know, if, they, if you, you know, but uh, if you can be flamboyant about it, but stay, I still make some money out of this bloody thing, you know, yeah. then it, it's 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 uh, such a sales tool. You know? Yeah, is there a big uh, onus on you guys to to educate clients, and not not in a disrespectful way, but like we said before, as a safety net, gold and silver becomes the de- default thing when actually yeah. you've just given me a tour of the warehouse, and it's mind blowing the range of finishes and yeah. effects that are down there. Is now, a few years ago, we start. I, I was trying to do doing a fun fundamentally just looking after the sales but I also started going into studios and started showing them about foils showing them all the ranges and just seeing their reaction and then uh, was amazing and then we just started to organically it kind of grew into something else uh, we took on a business development manager who, uh, who worked for us for quite a while Andrew Cotton he's a great guy and um, he, he was going into studios and doing it you know every day and going and telling them about how they can use foil creatively how can we help hold your hand through the process and just by doing that, um, we've become much more accessible to designers. So designers are asking us now, graphic designers or illustrators, can I see what this product looks like on this paper? What would you advise in this process? Mm-hmm. And so we end up becoming an integral part of the, the design. And that, that just gets me out of bed in the morning because it's really, really, if you're just as, you know, selling can be pretty soulless at times and, yeah. and pretty uninspiring, but to actually be part of the process is, is, is great. With foil, foil's always, or generally, is always the last thing that goes on. The packaging. So it's already been signed, they've chosen the paper, design's been done, and it comes to the foil part, and they give us two days to deliver a product that we don't know anything about. <laughs> and sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. So if we go back to designers, say right at the start, saying let's make sure this journey through the process of working with the printer, the box maker, whatever it is, if we can hold your hand through that initial process, not tell you how to design in any way. Mm-hmm. We don't, you know, we're not designers. You know, I know what creativity is. I like it. I feel yeah. inspired, but I'm not creative. So to actually say, oh, you, you know, let, let, ask, let, let them ask us the questions and let us provide the solutions or take it away and think, scratch our heads about it and come yeah. back with an, with an idea for it. I think it's, it's, um, it's really important. Yeah. yeah. Well, absolutely. Otherwise it falls apart if it's not a fluid you know, collaboration going yeah. on. Yeah, well, it often falls apart. Yeah. It really does. And then we're in the shit because they're saying, it's a bloody foil. You know, we've got two yeah, days to get this yeah. on the shelves. I've got two days to get this magazine on, you know, uh, yeah. you know, to the publishers or whatever. And uh, and then the whole thing just falls apart. It's just an absolute bun fight and it's mm-hmm. a big, big, big mess. So slowly we're getting somewhere. And we're only doing it in a small way. There's only 38 of us in. There's only sort of a few of us that are forward-facing to the graphic design community. Yeah. But if we can sort of... Uh, get involved with them as much as we can, as much as time allows, and then we can actually sort of rewrite how people do mm-hmm. things. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's what we're doing. We're doing it in a, in a slow way because it kind of need, you can't, it's not something you can put on a, on a flyer or go and, you know, put on a website. It's almost like it has to be across the desk and say, these are all the effects you can do. Then you bring the questions back to me. I'll answer them as much as I can and you can go off and design. Yeah. Um, and that's, yeah, that's, that's what we're doing. So we're doing that at universities now, try and get to, the graphic design students early on in the process before they even hit the studios to say this is how how to do it and that's what Jeff Smith are brilliant at they go to the, all the universities well Jim was saying it's that thing where they go brilliant. to goes in there and it's a bit like well what do I hear about paper and then by the end of it they're all like yeah they're all yeah they're all, <laughs> all over it yeah and she you know yeah. that she does it well and the, and the company themselves are very good at doing that and it's but it's really important if they don't understand how to use paper and foil how are they going to design with it well, yeah. you know to, to their, certainly to their maximum potential you know yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it, you know, 
very what I do is was very two D. Starting out three four years working for editorials in Illustrator, and then um, when I moved to London, I, I moved in opposite a three D printer. Well, she's a student well, product design company. Right. She had bought this kind of shoebox size like three D printers, but to see that wearing off the resin and building these three D sculptures, yeah, yeah, just, yeah, like, yeah, something blew my mind and. And I just immediately broached like the idea of doing a collaboration. I ended up branding the podcast with like a three D print of my, my head and painting directly onto it, creating this set around it. But it's that exposure that you, just, that you yeah. just mentioned there that, that that creates those ideas. And You'd never see it any other way, would you? It, no. yeah. And it's the same thing, you know. Dave approaching me, so having seen the ink drawings on the wall in the studio, and going, "Well, look, we've got multiplicity coming up. We've got a unicorn thing. Got this great idea, it's a unicorn." Yeah. And then I get to see my work file, which is awesome. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, so yeah, like you say, it's, I think it is crucial to let people know that there's this huge scope of possibility. And, and it's cross mediums of the print mediums. That's like I said to you earlier on about um, just to see your illustrations in foil. Like you know, I'll, I'll work with illustrators yeah. to say you know we can turn this into something foil. It might not be what they want, but to see that different whether it's a screen print or whether it's litho or foil, mm. they can choose, can't they? Then you know. Yeah. But I think uh, I think it's an interesting avenue illustration with with foil. Yeah. Without well, God, without a doubt. Yeah. yeah. And you see so many beautiful book covers now, like the penguin stuff and all that, where there's very subtle use of drawing on there but filed up and it's just I mean I've, I've, I've definitely bought album covers books on I buy books I don't know the content but I'm looking I'm saying yeah. I'm having that you know that's Simple going that, yeah, yeah. straight to the till <laughs> yeah. but album, yeah it's great to see it being used on album covers a lot of record companies are contacting us now to because yeah we're getting a lot more of that um, where they want to differentiate a little bit more. Do you think a part of that is the vinyl resurgence? If you yeah, think? definitely, yeah. definitely. You know, That's but you think about all the the time, like the in the sort of like when you know I was going around record shops in Manchester, sort of late eighties, early nineties. That was my Saturday ritual. You know, I'd be going to Manchester to Piccadilly Records. Mm. Um, I can't remember the name of the shop near near, uh, near Oxford Road. Uh, I think it was called Sounds or something like you know where the the toilet where Guy Garvey drinks in the oh. pub place yeah just behind that there used to be this record shop which was absolutely amazing it was just like a warehouse of vinyl and they were all, all the vinyls were clipped yeah. so they were coming in from Europe but they'd actually just take a piece of I don't know why they did that but they were just basically discounted vinyl so then we'd we'd get off at Oxford Road and go in go in there spend a few yeah. hours in there buying really really cheap vinyl wow. uh, but even that little clip out of it kind of broke your heart a little bit because yeah. you know you're buying this vinyl dead sheets you want the music <laughs> you're looking at this art piece just like a little clip it's only like about a centimeter clipped out like wow. a almost like your train stub type thing out of it um and just to see then that the budgets that they had then for for the for the uh for the album cover work was so small so they do like a photo shoot you know soft focus of a of a band or whatever yeah. but you think about now how much money they've got to spend on that packaging how much they can enhance yeah. the, the covers of that the, the would have been there in the 80s or 90s it would have been absolutely amazing oh, you know stuff yeah um, but i'm just seeing that just start to come in a little bit more like Jungle, their first album, they put a load of foil on the front. Really simple black artwork, but yeah. all the logos in it. Radiohead used it on their last album. Um, so just starting to see that emerging more in That's CDs. That's really cool. Yeah, it's cool. I'm going to be looking out for that more now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, after you've been here, you know, we, we, people come here and they're like, oh, we don't really understand for They're coming here, and then all of a sudden it's... It's like we've brainwashed them. It's in everything, yeah. you know. It's you know the foil is whether you know it or whether you don't. It's you're picking a book up. Yeah. You're picking up uh, a bottle of wine at the end of the day. It's, everything's got Absolutely, foil yeah. elements on it, but people never really think about it if you're not involved in it. Well, you don't. Yeah, yeah. that's why. And I guess yeah, well, highlights the importance of getting out there and letting people know. Yeah. Definitely. Well, on that basis, then let's talk about multiplicity. Then how did when did that get going? And because I love. Yeah, so it was a, it was like a, an idea that we always felt like everything was quite London centric in terms of there's no specific exhibition for for designers and we've exhibited at shows in 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 london for quite a few years we stopped doing it now but um 
did it for quite a few years. We always felt, felt it was a bit uh, not that relevant for designers. We found that some occasionally we'll get design studios come to the show, and then we were speaking to some designers after the show and said, Why didn't you come? You know, we, we were in London for a couple of days. Oh, we don't think it's that relevant. So I sat here with Andrew over a brew uh, years ago, sort of like late 2015, and we just said, Why don't we start doing our own event and go into the actual the creative hubs around the UK and go to those cities? Um, it just kind of organically grew. We started in Glasgow in 2016 and worked with um, LSC Design, Luigi, and worked with um, with DBD, with uh, with Dave, who's you know both got to know got to know them both very well, and um, and the whole thing just got organically grew. We said right, we'll get three speakers in, and we'll get them to f- from the creative. You know, like I think you said on one of your podcasts listening to the other day, it's like you are the modern rock stars, you guys really, and, <laughs> and what, you know, and I, I I've, I've kind of learned that you know that yeah. actually you know we we'll put a big name on. It's like putting a you know seeing a band, the, you know the design the rest of the design community wants to go and see that person speaking about their mm. works, yeah. and I think it's fascinating because again it's just inspiring, isn't it? Yeah. So if we can facilitate that as a company. Do we make any money out of it? No. Do, should we be doing it? I'm not sure. Do we like doing it? Yes. We do it because we can do it, really. And it costs us you know, a few grand. We only run two a year. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of organic. When we did the first one in Glasgow, um, uh, we did it in a brewery. We, we made beer. Mm-hmm. Me, and, me and one of the guys, Mick, went to Scotland, made, made, made a beer at Drygate. Uh, we got said to give set a brief for each of the designers that were speaking. Said, we want a poster from you and we want a beer label from you. Yeah. And then we end up doing... Um, Beer tokens and all these went really, really over the top. Tote bags, posters, blah blah blah. Uh, cost us an absolute fortune, but it was great. You know, great start for us, and we've and we've kind of honed it down a little bit more now. So on every multiplicity we do, we charge people for the tickets, but we give all the money to a local charity in that city. Um, we started doing workshop when we did one in Manchester in November last year. Started doing workshop for the first time, which was like an all-day thing for designers and for students to come in, get their hands on using foil, uh, get some people from the studios come in and get their hands on foil, get them doing their own foil printing, which is brilliant. You just see yeah. these wow effects, you know, that people are just doing illustrations yeah. and then and foiling them. It's really, really cool yeah. to see. And then at night, we get onto the evening and we get, get three speakers on, have a few beers, yeah. people, this cross fertilization people just having it. chats yeah. and you know swapping business cards and and then it's there's no big sell it's not anything about foil it's just almost just being well, saying yeah. being part of that collaborative community and that, that's what i really enjoy doing if i can afford to do it and as a director yeah. in the company if we can do that then i'm going to do it because yeah. I, I i find it inspiring and it's long term you know. it's long term thinking as well if, if let's say five people have a go at that foiling and, and, and actually break down them that perceived barrier of it being uh, something that's difficult or, or limited. Yeah, yeah, you're breaking down the walls, then, like, get rid knows, of the mystery. They might be working, but you don't know which clients they're working with, and suddenly that's a possibility then in their process, yeah, so they yeah. can pitch it to their clients. And I guess it's one of those classic things where, I mean, I spent some money recently on a, on a 10-year brochure, and wow. initially you're like, oh, you know, 500 quid going out to design and print this, which is not a lot of money, but actually one commission is going to clear that. And suddenly, yeah, exactly. And, and suddenly yeah. you got the rest of the books. It's the one client. It's that long-term thinking and just yeah. trust that actually something. And belief in it. Yeah, it's belief. It's You've got to believe in it. And if you believe in it, you've got to take a bit of a punt sometimes. You do. You? And there's yeah. no, there's very few guarantees in creativity, but actually, yeah, um, yeah, those those kind of calculated punts can yeah. can pay off. And I mean, only this morning I was getting out the grey and wood print that I got from you guys at the yeah, uh, cool. last week, and yeah. just marvelling over it in my front room, you know, and it's like. It's just it's amazing how that's all come about. It was I had Graham Wood on the show and he was a very selfless, like fascinating guy. And then David mentioned about loving tomato back in the nineties yeah. when we had a chat and I was like, 
I know Graham, I had him on the show recently, I put him in touch and suddenly you're talking at Falcon and uh, we're all down there in Bristol. He's a fascinating like, character, you know. I mean, he really yeah, is. Yeah. And again, you tell some of the sort of older designers, you know, in the 40s, and he's, he's, again, he's like a god to them, you know. Yeah. And, uh, but he's very, very humble about it. And, uh, oh, he is, yeah. He uh, just loves creativity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I, I've only I met him a couple of times, but I really, really hit off with him. But yeah, for, for, that, for that stuff, you know, after he spoke for us at Bristol, he came to us and said, I've got this... This image, guys. Do you want to? Do you want to? Do you want to use it? And it was um, it was a photograph out of the back of a taxi in New York. They said it was beautiful, beautiful moon, and um, we certainly got it. We said, you know what? We can do something with that. Mm-hmm. So um, we got we got involved in it, turned it into to an art piece yeah. with it with his blessing, and, and now we've given it on those posters. I think he's giving them out to his mates. I don't know what else he's going to do with them, but we're going to give them out as free event, free at the multiplicity events. Fantastic. Because, um, it's, it's people take a piece of art. Yeah. Back here from one of your sort of heroes, if you're in the graphic design community, is well, something that, pretty special, isn't absolutely, it? Absolutely, you know? yeah. And, and, and again, then it's just when when the, the industry that you're working in sees that kind of integrity and commitment to putting on events and getting speakers on and educating, then it's, it's a bit more real and people are more inclined yeah. to believe in what you're doing. Yeah, you know, it's absolutely. not a hard sell by any stretch, yeah. which is nice to see, I think. All the people I work with, it's like nothing feels rammed down your throats. Yeah. I would say the same with GF Smith, it's like, it's always been open to approaches and ideas and collaboration. And yeah, no, we're knocking on your orders on your door saying, "Where's the order, Ben?" Are they? They just kind of like they want to help you be creative, don't Completely. they? Completely, that's yeah. it, and, and that means a lot to people in our industry. I think. Yeah. So, so I mean, let's the, the speakers. I mean, we've got Jim Sutherland coming up at Edinburgh, and yeah. Um, yeah. Graham Ward. Who else have you had on that's been quite a proud thing? Heavy heavyweights. We had um, we had. Uh, uh, well, Astrid, Astrid Stavro was meant to be coming to speak for us at our, our, our first event that we did, but uh, she was ill and she was based in Palm, obviously she worked for Atlas. Uh, uh, and so she sent her husband, Pablo, who was absolutely bloody wow, amazing. Okay. That's cool. Yeah, I yeah. love that, deploying the Yeah, exactly, saying, you better go and do it, I don't feel well, darling. But he was really, really cool, really nice guy, uh, really inspiring. Um, God, who we had, so Yarlen came from Foreign Policy from, from Singapore for the Manchester event. Wow. Um Sean Perkins uh, from North did a, did a great talk for us. Really, really funny guy. Um, I mean, just to name some individual, probably if any of you ever listened to this, oh, what about me? But they've they're all been really, really inspiring in their own way. So I don't want to be yeah. really like, oh, yeah, you know, just, yeah. uh, peripheral. But I mean, you know, I, I'm, not for, I'm not a designer. I've never studied graphic design. Um, I'm not from that background. So even, you know, Dave, had, Dave Sedgwick had to tell me about, about North and when I was, about, about, um, about Tomato. When I first started, you know, looking at the, some of the stuff that you've been involved with, I'm just like, wow, yeah. it's really relevant in my life. You know, all the yeah. underworld covers underworld, and everything. It's yeah. really, really cool. Well, that so when tomato you... itself was amazing. I mean, yeah. the crossovers, the way you didn't know what it was, and it's still forward thinking today, like 20 years old. Yeah, on. yeah. It's crazy. But that kind of that mystery of it all, I just love all that idea. Oh, you can just do the they do, they do their work and, and, and just let it speak for itself. Yeah. But, um, yeah, just, the, the, I mean, I only, Dave comes up with these names, and I, a lot of time, I have to say, you know, honestly, I'm like, uh, no, no, I read, I read, the, I read Creative Review, I read Computer Arts, yeah. and kind of get an idea of what the studios are about and stuff. But then I'll, I'll do my homework, uh, my due diligence on them. But I find just then you're, you're just being inspired by the work that they get involved yeah. with. And we, we never set a brief for uh, multiplicity. They, they come in and we don't want to know what they're talking about. We just give them, give them the, the opportunity. Sometimes yeah. they have a run when yeah. they're talking in, in Manchester. But um, we just, we, we, we just, we don't set a brief or anything like that. We just let them come and talk about their work because then they're passionate about it. Don't want to yeah. sort of dictate what they talk about. Um, so yeah, it's always quite a fluid thing to talk about. But just to. Just to see the stuff fill up on the big screen when you're doing multiplicity is is yeah. it's phenomenal. It's yeah. brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I love this. You can't, we can't get away without telling the story of the recent uh, graphics for the Edinburgh. Oh stuff. yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I've got to know Dave Sedgwick quite well over the last few years, and we, we get on great, and we 
um, you know, we have a laugh. So, and as you know Dave pretty well, and you know he's not hard to get on with. So, um, anyway, so I'm pretty open to his ideas, really, and he's done quite a lot of cool graphic design for Foil Code. I think he's helped him, you know, engage us more with his, with the graphic design audience. Um, not picking him up too much, but <laughs> so anyway, we, yeah, we get on great. So he just phoned me and said, "Listen, Matt, we had this we had this idea. Um, we'd like you, you need to get onto Amazon. You need to buy a a, a white bed sheet." I was like, "Yeah." So he said, yeah, we're going to dress you up as a ghost, have a few beers in the studio, we're going to photograph you. I was like, Dave, what the fuck are you on about? So, so he said, just go with it, just go with it. So we turned up in the studio, had a few beers in Refuge across the road, and um, that's where we first met, wasn't it? Yeah. And, uh, and, and we went to the studio and he put this bloody towel on my head, and uh, we photographed it. And um, because the talks in Edinburgh and the angle that Dave was coming at, because we always like to send out a nice save the date. Uh, to to the people that we invite from the from the sort of media area from Glasgow and a sort of bit further afield uh, in Edinburgh and um, and yeah they, uh, they put this towel on we did the photograph it was good great laugh he sent us then the photos uh, we worked with our dye company who's our agent in in Scandinavia called Dry Cliche they they make some amazing dyes and and uh, made this beautiful foil embossing piece and then foiled it in multiple colours uh, got the foiling done out in Holland. Uh, bring yeah. the sheets back here. Got it all laser cut and sent it out to save day. And it's just like a piece of art. It's know? gorgeous. Yeah, I'm so happy. I've got a bunch here actually. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's lovely. I've got it's very so funny. Many, it was a it was a really really good good afternoon. I've got so know? many similar stories. And I mentioned to you last week, but I've got I used to share a studio with an illustrator slash photographer. Yeah. And he'd use a strong photographic element within his illustrations. So he was always asking me to pose in ridiculous. <laughs> or, or I did this one as a Grim Reaper where he, he was like a card playing feature, and he had a he had a Grim Reaper kind of using the sickle to cut his cards in half. So he needed me coming at him in like three days. But you all kind of hooded up, cloaked up, and everything. Sweeping brush yeah. as the as the sickle, um, sofa throw of over me with like a camo jacket with the hood up. <laughs> I had a lazy beard at the time, and we were in an old rundown studio in Preston called Oyster Mill. And he um, he was like he did about fifteen takes of it to get the right shot. So by the sixth one or whatever, I've completely switched off, like the glassy eyes looking up in the distance, yeah. just going like that over and over again, swinging the brush. And next thing, you've been tagged in a picture on Facebook. He's just uploaded like the, the most horrendous one out of all of them. I look like a homeless guy wrapped, shrouded in his cowl. Like, horrendous stuff. But it's just, I've got so. If he put together a coffee table book of all of those pictures, it'd be, it'd be com- amazing. That's your next gold. project, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, just to do stuff like that, it's like, well, why are you doing it? Well, because we, we can. Yeah, and it's and, fun. Uh, and it's fun. And that's kind of a lot of things like it doesn't pay the bills here, but it's just great to be involved in those kind of. Create creative projects because it's totally collaborative, and yeah. um, and I don't you know I don't think even Dave thought it would turn out that good. You know the the, the prince is yeah. it's very cool now. So we've just got to find a mannequin now for for Edinburgh just to have this ghost in the in the corner. Yeah, I think design. you know. So then I've started thinking about whether Turn we get the tables, get the get the AV guy in. Yeah, I should do. Should, <laughs> the cage just move. Yeah. So I'm wondering whether we start the whole you know multiplicity with just a spotlight on the ghost. Get some I'll spooky music. Three pints of calendar, they'll be asleep under it, so you're, you're laughing. <laughs> you're slipping a bottle under the towel, you know, <laughs> every few minutes. Yeah. So, what, what sort of changes? I mean, I guess you've not been there whole thirty years, but that's what no, I've so, been here twenty years. Yeah. yeah. So, what so. sort of what are the bigger changes you've seen in the, in the way things, you know, the, the whole filing industry over that time? Are there any standouts? I mean, for, that's the thing about you know, like a lot of sort of uh, digital. Print has come you know, on, on stream in the last few years. It's become quite a big thing, and we were involved in that. But really, fundamentally, stamping foil hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. The offer of stamping foil and what we do in terms of making colours doesn't change that much. We kind of sit here, you know, or even me and my brother, and we, you know, we get to work with Paul. Paul's been here thirty years or twenty nine years or something, and uh, 
we just come up with ideas and it's like well why you know we could do this because this would help the industry so why don't we yeah. why don't we do this you know so we're inventing new concepts and new types of foils all, all the time um, but fundamentally stamping foil hasn't changed it's, it's you know it's it's a metalized product yeah. it's, it's aluminium it's almost and, a lab um, in it I see it as this this trade-off between like an industry of space like downstairs with all the machinery in there yeah but then you've almost got these little labs going on upstairs with like trying out new designers work and this that and the other that's a lovely it's a lovely balance well, we've got different things like you know people people want to use matte colours quite a lot um, but the trouble is using say a matte black on a white product sometimes it, it'll smudge because it's because it's a matte so it's got the kind of the pigments mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, not getting too technical. So we just said, you know what? Let's make a metalized mat. Yeah. So we made just made that the other day. We made um, a black holographic pillars of light, which has now been used on um, on Fedogoni's promotional material for their for mm-hmm. their UK stock range. And now we're getting all these designers contacting and saying, "What's that foil? You know, we, we want to sample it. We want to see it on our products and stuff." So I'd say we haven't we we've changed our approach in the last ten years and. You know, by but and none of our competitors, if you like, have done that. You know, mm. um, and I think we're finding that the graphic design community wants to know more about the process. They don't want to bamboozle with science and all the chemistry of it, but they want to know much more about 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 the the limitations or or the or the possibilities in it. And yeah. so um, I think they're much more engaged with the product and they're much more inclined to use stamping foil than they've ever done before with other mm. print processes. Well, I look forward so. to seeing that relationship developing because it's uh, yeah. it's a natural fit it's a growing thing you know it's growing all the time more and more people are wanting to u- use foil yeah. um, so if we can help facilitate that creativity then we'll just carry on keep doing it fantastic know. how many how many grades is that such a thing how many grades God. Like, I mean, uh, we st- stock here in the shelves what 1,400 products we grade wise <laughs> I'd say we have 30 different whites you wow. know, so it's so just about the adhesive. Is that's the magic? The, the backing of it, where the one goes onto a, yeah. you know, a laminated book cover, or one goes onto a, you know, a nice artisan textured uncoated paper, mm. and and that's that's what we try to do with with designs. If they if they they've just asked for a white to go onto a paper, the printer might just print back old any old white, and then you know they just totally, the, the 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 designer whose concept it is is totally underwhelmed by the by the by the finish. So if we can actually facilitate optimizing that print and yeah. go back to the designer and say not only you know you need this white but you actually need it to be this grade because that's the adhesive that marries up with the yep. with the with the paper whether it's you know smiths or Fedragoni or whatever we'll do all the testing here and actually make sure that they're getting the right result i don't want anybody to be underwhelmed with using our products or you you know yeah uh, it's got to be you know i don't want them to receive the job back and go oh that's a bit that's a bit of shit well you no, know, it could have been better yeah you know so if we can do that and facilitate that which I think we're doing now in a sort of small organic way um, then that's really really important for the industry I think yeah that's awesome uh, and last question I ask everyone shark in the tank I ask them for a love and a hate based on what they do and creativity it's a very wide open question love and hate <laughs> uh, love and hat I, uh, love and hate I uh, let's say I love I love the, the every day is different in this place because we're getting different inquiries for different applications all the time so just to be I love the way that we're being involved with the creative community now I love the fact that we're we're being considered in an earlier stage so then we're you know when you see a product being finished on the shelf and it reaches the shelf and you've been in part of it right at the start making mm. sure that they have, we've got a product tester here that does all the testing for these different brands and design shoes and see that that come to fruition and part of the magic is that actually they foiled it just on a piece of A4 paper here and they said, you're, you're a really important part of that. That project might not have happened unless you'd done this. Yeah. So that's great. I love that part of it. Uh, hey, 
this job is just all encompassing, so it never ends. You know, it's yeah. like weddings, anniversaries, birthdays, Christmas. I'm still, <laughs> I'm still doing emails, and I'm still getting phone calls. Um, so it's 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 a challenge juggling that and family life. And I'd say that's the worst part about it. But I guess that's the industry. So yeah. I can't do much about that. So I just have to live with the tide of it. I don't I don't like it, but. Um, that's just the way it is. But yeah, this is a life we've chosen. Yeah. We've got the same surname as the guy who started it, so we've got to see it through. <laughs> Brilliant. And uh, and the website, where can people find all your... Yeah, your uh, foilco.co.uk. We're rebranding the website. The website feel lets us down a little bit, but it's, we're going for a rebrand later this year, and we're on a new website, launch February next year. Nice. You'll find all the relevant information there. Or any inquiries, you send it through to sales at foilco.co.uk. Uh, we'll help them out as much as we can. Good stuff. Well, thank you very much for your time. Cheers, Ben. Thank you so much to Matt for taking the time out of a busy schedule at Foilco to talk about all things foil. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you are now looking through your portfolio and thinking, oh, what colour, what grade, what can I get done? How can I make it sexier? I hope so, and you really should because it's a fantastic process to get involved with. Um, you might remember a few episodes on the show. I had Super Fried uh, on, on, on the show, and Mark... As, as I was at the HQ, some of Mark's work was laid out. He did these beautiful prints um, about the deforestation, you know, in the likes of Borneo with the orangutans and the destruction that's happening there. And he did this gorgeous print out, and there was quite a few testers lying around the place with various foils on there, and it just looked stunning. The intricacy of that design, if you go and look at Superfried's work um, with the, the heads of the, the orangutans, it's really, really gorgeous, the way that came out foiled, and it makes such a big impact. It's such a difference maker, so... Consider it, do it, go and check them out, foilco.co.uk. Thank you to all the sponsors, including Foilco, the Association of Illustrators, heartsinternet.co.uk, and the wonderful founding sponsor, illustrationweb.com. Thank you for listening. Get us your feedback at Arrests or Linux. Drop us a little review, please, uh, on the iTunes and the rest of it. Give us a shout, let me know where you're listening. I think we're on Google Podcasts now. I'm trying to get it on Spotify, we're on iTunes, we're on uh, Stitcher on Podbear and all the good stuff so wherever you prefer thank you for listening please do spread the word um, have a great week we've got all sorts of awesome guests coming up over the next few episodes get them suggestions in too I want to hear from you guys nice one have a great week see you later